you're listening to the Pomerado Christian Church Sermon Podcast. Thank you for spending time with us today. If you're a weekly listener, welcome back. If this is your first time, we're so glad you're here and hope you consider subscribing. If you're in your car, on a run, doing things around the house, or working out, and want to connect even further and take next steps with us, visit pomerado.info. Now, enjoy this week's message. Heavenly Father, I thank you for each person who's part of our service today, whether they're live in person, live online. Lord, we are celebrating Christmas. We're so excited to be able to celebrate the birth of Jesus and what that means for each and every one of us. Lord, I pray for some of us. God, this is a day we celebrate because we know and love you deeply. For others of us, we're still on that journey, and we're not quite sure where we are with you yet. But, Lord, I pray that you would speak in a personal, powerful, impactful way through your word, through song, and through this time we have together. So I thank you for each person who is part of the service. May they know they are deeply loved by you, Lord God. And may the proof of that be that you sent Jesus into this earth and to be able to live a perfect life. And he died a horrible death but was raised to new life so all of us could be invited to eternal life with you through him. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, we're going to um, spend some time with the, we're talking about the lyrics of Christmas today. And what we're going to do is something a little different. Like I said, it's not a normal sermon. We're going to have a time in which we're going to sing some songs throughout our presentation. And then we're also going to be reading through some scripture. Now, before we unpack how we're going to do this, I want to just ask if there's, if you have a, a song, real quick, how many of you like musicals? Okay. Some of you decided you liked musicals and decided you did not like musicals very quickly. Um, how many of you could not care less about musicals? Okay, okay. I appreciate your honesty. You're in a safe place. I think you're vastly wrong, but um, you're in a safe place. Um, but I want to, you know, when I think of musicals, there are some musicals that I can listen to the soundtrack. And when I listen to the soundtrack, it takes me back to the time when I watched it for the first time. And so this can go from everything from Alexander Hamilton um, my daughters laughed, and I love that. That's a win for me. Um, but then, you know, I could go from when I first saw Wicked for the first time, and then I remember listening to the songs later on. This can go for maybe some of you, you like songs or movies. Uh, you think of, like, uh, The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, or you think of different types of songs. You think, I can hear that song, and it takes me back to the moment I first saw it, and it takes me back to the journey, of the emotional journey as we're listening to it. And so here's, here's what we thought. We could, I wanted to read through the passages in Luke 1 and Luke 2 that tell the Christmas story, so passages that we are very familiar with. But if you look through Luke 1 and you look through Luke 2, you'll notice that there are certain sections that instead of being in normal paragraph form, like normal prose, there are sections that are, that are indented a little bit, and these are different songs from different characters throughout the Christmas story. And so what we're going to do is we're going to read the songs of the different characters. And they're going to tell us different parts of the Christmas story. They're going to point us to some of the themes we've been looking at throughout this Advent season of hope and peace and joy and love and the importance of Jesus. And because many of us are used to opening Christmas gifts on Christmas morning, um, how many of you have already opened Christmas gifts today? Oh, that's a pretty good amount. How many of you haven't opened Christmas gifts today? All right, that's us yet. We haven't opened them yet. So I'm going to take some time, and we're going to open up some gifts today. And as we're doing this, we're going to look at some of the gifts. This is the tree that, if you were here um, a couple weeks ago, I mentioned how 
Uh, there was a year that we didn't set up a big Christmas tree and how Steph, my wife, surprised me with this one um, and how I just didn't realize how much I loved the decoration of the Christmas tree until we didn't have it one year. Um, and then I mentioned that to her and she surprised me. So this is, this is a, a special tree for us. But we have these five different gifts underneath the tree. And as I open them, they're going to be different passages, different scriptures, different prompts for us to think about as we look at different songs from different characters in the Christmas story through Luke 1 and Luke 2. And after I read them, um, I'm going to light an Advent candle that represents each one of those themes, and Thomas will be leading us in a song. So it's going to be song from the scripture and song from on stage, song from the scripture, song on stage. So we are going to fill this time with the soundtrack, the lyrics of Christmas as we celebrate Christ's birth in a, in a different way than normal. So the first one here that we have is this first gift is the gift of hope. The gift of hope is the story of Mary, and it says this, or here's the introduction to it. In her song, Mary, the mother of Jesus, shows us how God's past faithfulness motivates hope for the future. We look forward by looking backward, trusting in nothing other than God's character. Mary closes her song by emphasizing how God remembers to be merciful to his people and how he fulfills his promises. Biblical hope isn't optimism based on odds. It's a choice to wait for God to bring about a future that's as surprising as a crucified man raising from the dead. Christian hope looks back to the risen Jesus in order to look forward. And so we wait, like Mary did, not with worry or fear or concern, but with hope. Here's Mary's song in Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of, G of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And here's Mary's song. My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their innermost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from the thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Because of the promises that God had fulfilled to the ancestors of Mary through the birth of Jesus, through the faithfulness in his character, Mary's song, as well as our song, can be filled with hope in this Christmas season and in every season. So I'll light the hope candle while Thomas leads us in a song together. Light of the world, you stepped out 
down into darkness open my eyes let me see beauty that made this heart adore you hope of a life spent with you so here I am to worship here I am to bow down here I am to say that you're my God you're altogether lovely altogether worthy altogether wonderful to me King of all days also highly exalted glorious in heaven above humbly you came to the earth you created all full of sake became whole so here I am to worship here I am to bow down here I am to say that you're my God. You're altogether lovely, altogether worthy, altogether wonderful to me. And I'll never know how much it cost to see my sin upon that cross and I'll never know how much it cost to see my sin upon that cross so here I am to worship here I am to bow down here I am to say that you're my God. You're altogether lovely, altogether worthy, altogether wonderful to me. Light of the world, you step down into darkness open my eyes let me see when mary finds out that she's going to have a baby she also finds out that her cousin elizabeth is who's much older is going to have a baby as well so she goes and she spends some time with elizabeth and her husband zechariah zechariah was a priest who was serving in the temple and he saw Gabriel the angel and told him that he, they would have a son and he would be named John. And because Zechariah said, how can this be? I don't believe you. He was struck silent and he didn't, wasn't able to speak until John's birth. And so we see, we're going to fill up the, the story a little bit here and then we're going to hear the first thing Zechariah says, how his song starts once his son John was born. But here's a little bit more of the background as we look at the gift we open up this morning, the gift of peace through Zechariah's song. 
Zechariah was a priest who was given the good news that his wife Elizabeth would give birth despite their old age. He questioned the angel and was struck silent until his son John was born. Zechariah's song was the first thing he uttered in over nine months. In his song, Zechariah praises God for how he will provide redemption and salvation for his people from their enemies, which is one aspect of peace, freedom from conflict with enemies. But Zechariah also reveals that the most important salvation doesn't come from an absence of conflict with our enemies. Instead, it comes from God's mercy that allows us to have forgiveness for our sins. When we find salvation through Jesus, he guides us in the true path of peace. Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 57. When it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy, and they shared her joy. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to name him after his father, Zechariah. But his mother spoke up and said, no, he is to be called John. They said to her, there is no one among your relatives who has that name. Then they made signs to his father to find out what he would like to name the child. He asked for a writing tablet, and to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, His name is John. Immediately his mouth was open and his tongue set free, and he began to speak, praising God. All the neighbors were filled with awe, and throughout the hill country of Judea, people were talking about all these things. Everyone who heard this wondered about it, asking, What then is this child going to be? For the Lord's hand was with him. His father, Zechariah, here's his song, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he said through his holy prophets of long ago. Salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant. The oath he swore to our father Abraham to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear and holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And then here's the song he sings to his son, John. And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of peace. So as we remember this Christmas, as we open up the gift of peace, reminding us that peace is more than freedom from conflict with those around us or our enemies, that true peace comes from a right relationship with God through Jesus Christ. True peace comes when we receive forgiveness for our sins and the redemption for our sins, not from anything we could do or not from anything we could earn, but from the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, whose birthday we celebrate this morning. So let's let's worship to God together as we continue to sing and as we light the candle of peace. sing glory to the newborn king peace on earth and mercy my God and sinners reconcile joyful all ye nations rise join the triumph of the skies with Angelic hosts proclaim 
Christ is born in Bethlehem. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn King. Christ by high is heaven adored, Christ the Offspring of the virgin's womb, veiled in flesh, the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity, pleased as man with men to dwell, Jesus are Emmanuel. Hark the out in the fields, and we start to see and hear the song of the angels as they proclaim what was happening in the town of David. So here's the introduction. As we open up this third gift, the gift of joy. Before Jesus was born, 400 years had passed from the last book of the Old Testament. Through that time of silence, God's people experienced exile, trials, and darkness. So they could be excused for lacking in joy. However, biblical faith offers a unique perspective on joy. It's an attitude God's people adopt, not because of happy circumstances, but because of their hope in God's character, love, and promise. Therefore, when an angel proclaimed the good news to a group of shepherds that a Savior had been born in the town of David, they proclaimed his birth would cause great joy for all people. In fact, this joy was so important that a great company of angels followed up that proclamation of joy with the glorification of God. The angel song reminds us that Christian joy is a profound decision of faith and hope in the power of Jesus' own life and love. Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 1. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place with Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. 
He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the house of David, the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. So 2,000 years ago, through the birth of Jesus, there was joy that would, was proclaimed through the angel's song for everyone there that the darkness had passed and the light had come. And so we celebrate with joy because joy is not based on our circumstances and how well things are going now. Our joy with our relationship with Jesus is based on who he is, what he's done, and how he loves you and me. So we'll continue our time of worship and we'll light the candle of joy together as we continue. Angels we have heard on our sweetly singing o'er the plains and the mountains in reply echoing their joyous strains Oh, 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 oh,
So we've heard these songs in Luke already, a song of hope and peace and joy. And, and now we fast forward a little bit, a little bit further down. We finished in that last section in verse 14. But we're jumping down to Luke chapter 2, verse 22. And this is the time when the Mary and Joseph are presenting Jesus to the temple. And we get to hear the story and the song of Simeon. Simeon who had been waiting years and years and years because he was told that he would see, he would not die before the Lord's anointed one, the Lord's Messiah would show. And so here's the introduction to the gift of love that we open up this morning as revealed in God's promise through Jesus. Simeon waited for God to fulfill his promise that Simeon would see the Messiah. He waited and waited and waited. Some of you are waiting and waiting and waiting for God to fulfill a promise to you. When we are in a prolonged time of waiting, it can be difficult to feel hope, peace, joy, or anything else that we remember during this Advent season. Waiting is often frustrating and disheartening. And while God may seem slow in answering prayers, he is always faithful in his timing. In this short song, Simeon sees the fulfillment of God's promise. His hope has been rewarded. He can die in peace, and he expresses great joy. But above all else, Simeon feels God's love, both in how God fulfilled his promise to him, and also in how the Messiah's arrival displays God's love for the entire world. Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 22. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout, and he was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. That when we're waiting and waiting and waiting, it's really easy to feel like we're losing out and that we're not feeling loved by the one for whom we wait. And yet God is always faithful to fulfill his promises, very rarely in our timing, but always in his. And so when we can open up the gift of love this morning, we recognize that thanks to Jesus, he fulfills the promise to us that we can have a right relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ. And we celebrate his birth as we continue to worship God and as we light the candle of love. No, come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. Come, 
gift this morning. And like I said, it's, we're just reading through the story of Christmas, and yet we're going to take a departure from Luke chapter 1 and 2, because we've been able to see the story of hope and be able to see that through the eyes of Mary, how God fulfills his promise and how God has been faithful to his people. We see the gift of peace coming through with Zechariah, that now his servant, or that we can all walk in the path of peace, because God, through Jesus, has provided forgiveness for our sins and redemption through his blood. That now we get to see the story of the gift of joy through the angels saying that there to us a Savior has been born. And this is good news that will bring joy to all people. And then we just talked about the gift of love through Simeon being able to feel the love that God had for him to fulfill a promise he had given to him individually, but even more so seeing how vast God's love is because it would open up a way for all people, for the glory of God, to experience a right relationship with God through the Messiah. And then now he was able to go in peace because he knew that God's love had been passed on and that the Messiah could rescue us from our sin. And so we're going to take a departure from Luke chapter 1 and 2, and we're going to close with a song that we don't often sing in Christmas, and yet 
as we look at it in the Philippians chapter 2 and we look at Paul's song, the gift of Jesus, the gift of Jesus Christ, we will see how apt this passage is. Because this was considered an early hymn in the Christian faith. And we'll see how applicable it is for specifically this Christmas season. So this is the gift of Jesus as we see through Paul in Philippians 2. We don't often connect Paul to the Christmas story. He doesn't show up in the New Testament until after Jesus' life, death, resurrection, and ascension. So what song can he contribute to Christmas? While Philippians was written years later, it contains a passage widely considered to be an early Christian hymn, an early Christian song. His words are the Bible's most eloquent summary of the Bethlehem promise. The descended Christ is now the ascended Christ, and he reigns over us. Jesus is fully God and became fully human. It cannot be said too often that it was God on that cross. God took the nails. God took the whips. God bore the shame. God felt the tip of the spear. God exhaled a final breath. Jesus, our Emmanuel, our God with us, entered the world in a crib, died on a cross, and wears an eternal crown. How will you respond to the gift of Jesus today? Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. In these short verses, this early Christian hymn, we see the crib of Jesus, that he came and he did not consider equality with God something to be taken to his own advantage, but he laid down his life. He willingly came to this world so that you and I could have a right relationship with God the Father. The only way that we could have that relationship was not through our own good deeds, not through our own abilities, not through any of the ways that we try to make ourselves have our own worth, our greatest worth was found in Jesus' willingness to live, to die, and to be risen again. That you, friends, we, we're, we're looking at different Christmas gifts, and um, I don't even want to ask you how much you spend on Christmas gifts this year um, because I know how expensive they can get. And what we learn about Christmas gifts is this, that some, or any gift, really, that something is worth what someone is willing to pay for it. So if there's, like, a random stuffed animal, like, I remember growing up, like, there was, like, Tickle Me Elmo. I was too old for it, right? Right? Yeah. Um, I remember Tickle Me Elmo, like, in theory. And so, uh, but I remember, like, it was, this, it was this toy, but it was, it got super expensive. Why? You know, supplies and demand and all those different things. But people were willing to spend way more than it was worth because they wanted to be able to give that gift. And so we might be spending money in this season We're like this, this gift is not worth what it actually is, especially when you buy the gift for your youngest kids and they just want to play with the box more than the gift itself. 
But friends, something is worth what someone is willing to pay for it. Friends, as we prepare to celebrate the gift of Jesus Christ, may you remember this, that God saw each and every one of you. He knows all of the deepest, darkest sins, the things that you and I tried to hide. He knows the struggles we have, the temptations we experience, the hurts, the habits, the hang-ups. He knows our brokenness. He knows our woundedness. He knows our tears. He knows our cries. He knows all the darkest things about us. And he loves you more than you can imagine. Something is worth what someone is willing to pay for it. How much are you worth in the eyes of God that he was willing to send his son Jesus to pay for our sins? He loves you more than you could possibly fathom. And his invitation to a right relationship is deeper and greater than we could even hope for. And yet, through his crib, his cross, and the crown, that extension to that invitation, the gift of Jesus Christ is readily available, open and willing for each and every one of us to experience today. So in a couple moments, we're going to take communion together. We do this every week and um, as a church body, and so we want to invite you. If you did not receive the communion elements, if you could raise your hand, and one of our leaders will make sure that um, we get that to you. So raise your hand, and, and we'll make sure that those get passed out. But as you're doing that, Remember that as we celebrate, we're going to think through the gift of Jesus Christ. And so we take the bread that reminds us of Jesus' body that started in a manger in a crib. And yet, by the end of his life, it was filled with scars. It had wounds and lashes that were meant for your sins and mine. And he took the weight of the whole world, of all of our sins, past, present, and future, upon himself. We take the bread that reminds us of his sacrifice. And we take the blood that remind, or the cup that reminds us of his blood that pours over us, that washes us clean, that takes our sins as far as the east is from the west. And Jesus' invitation to have a right relationship with him, like his arms on the cross, are with wide open arms to you today. So as we take the communion, we thank him for the crib that we celebrate today at Christmas. We thank him for the cross that we remember and we celebrate every single week. And we thank him for the crown that ultimately every knee will bow and every tongue would confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And you and I, if something is worth what someone is willing to pay for it, you have infinitely more value than you could ever imagine because of what Jesus was willing to pay for you. So I'm going to light the Christ candle. You can take communion as you feel led. And then we'll close with one more song as we sing together. My hope is built on nothing less Than Jesus' blood and righteousness I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but only trust in Jesus' name. Sing that again, my hope. My hope.
listening to the podcast. We want to be a church where people are changed by God to change the world. If you want to partner with us in this way, you can start by doing these two things. The first, if you haven't subscribed to this podcast, you can do that by hitting the subscribe button wherever you're listening so you can stay connected with us and we can broaden our reach. And the second, and this might be the most important thing you do, share this message with someone you know. And as always, remember, we're prayed for, cared for, and loved. See you next time.